This is Talking Asset Management with KPMG. In today's episode, we discuss royalties. Hello, and thank you for listening to Talking Asset Management with KPMG. I'm Sam Riesenberg. We're continuing our series about credit funds and some of the related issues. Today, we're going to talk about royalties, royalty financing structures, and as my guest on today calls it, esoteric credit. Joining me today is Brett Fieldston, one of my principals in our group that focuses on asset management and international tax and, of course, credit and very much so royalty financing structures, among most other things. Right, Brett? Uh, yes, yeah, Sam. So we uh, in our group have a smattering of investments across credit, private equity, royalty securitizations, um, and uh, like to keep it mixed up in order to be able to know what's going on in various asset classes so that we can borrow from each uh, as we help our clients expand into new investment areas. That's fantastic. And Brett, we, we could brought you on here to talk about so many different things, but we're bringing you on to talk about something I know is very close, near and dear to your heart, which is royalty financing structures. So for the uninitiated, maybe could you give us a little bit about what, what these structures are? Why are we talking about this in a credit podcast? Sure. So Sam, as you refer to it, I, I like to call this all esoteric credit. It's basically periodic payments um, that are more akin to what you would see in a credit fund, where credit funds uh, have a, an advance of money and then they have a periodic payment coming through. Not necessarily that much in terms of uh, overall appreciation, although we can talk about how uh, appreciation does come into the royalty asset class. And um, within the esoteric credit space, focus on royalties, meaning music royalties, farmer royalties, a little bit of industrial royalties, and then also other sorts of um, alternative financings like litigation funding and everything else like that. And I, I group all of that under esoteric credit. Um, and I view it different from private equity, different from traditional credit, but still closer to credit as in it's analyzing an existing cash flow stream. It's figuring out how to get that cash flow stream on a tax efficient basis up to the investors, as opposed to your more typical private equity buy, hold, sell capital gain uh, investment model. Yeah. So is it fair to say it's just another it's just another asset class that, that we're, we're looking to to monetize in the ever ever desperate, increasing search for, for yield? Uh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, you, you are right that they are 100% yield-based investments. Um, and so as yield-based investments, we have to think about how to appropriately tax the periodic returns. Um, and as a differentiated type of yield investment, we can't necessarily fall under interest-based exemptions, which exist in the United States and, and most other countries where interest returns are generally free of withholding tax or can be easily structured. And so we have to figure out ways to get the yield out on a tax-efficient basis. We also have to think about ways to get the capital gain out on a tax-efficient basis because it's not just selling stock, uh, which has a, a, a well-trodden 100-year history of, of how to handle taxation. Um, and then depending on who the investor is, we have to figure out how to avoid a, a whipsaw. So, for example, individual investors, um, depending on the type of fund, could wind up having a huge slug of ordinary income and no recovery of their investment, and they're actually taxed on their own capital. So this is great. You've, you've already gone, gone into the tax piece, so let, let's break it down a little bit. So if you're a, a fund manager looking to get into this particular uh, asset class, what are some of the basic tax issues that you need to think about for your U.S. and your foreign investors? 
Sure. So first and foremost, you have to think about withholding tax. And so unlike credit investments where maybe you would skip straight to trader business or like ordinary business type taxation uh, concerns, no matter what, when you're dealing with royalties, withholding tax has to be first and foremost on your mind. And the reason why is, as I stated in the introduction, interest returns, so amounts paid for the use of, of capital pursuant to a debt instrument, those by and large have special exemptions for uh, withholding tax from whatever country the issuer is, is located in. But for royalties, you have to be thinking about withholding tax because many countries have withholding tax on royalties with no domestic law exemption or reduction for that withholding tax. The other complication that you have to think about with withholding tax is what country or countries can actually tax that return. So unlike a debt instrument where you're generally focusing on who your borrower is and limiting the universe of potential people who can tax that interest, with a royalty, it's not necessarily the payor who's the person who's, who's the location of the payor as to where the withholding tax is. You have to think about every possible country where that cash flow stream could come from. And for some of these royalties, whether it be music, pharmaceutical, that could be 20, 30, 40, 50 significant jurisdictions. And so you have to be thinking about withholding tax and you have to be thinking about 20, 30, 40 significant jurisdictions. Yeah. So if I'm a client and, and or, or, or somebody that's, that's sitting here trying to put one of these funds together, I think, how do I tackle 40 jurisdictions? Is there a way to to break this down and say, I'm only going to do the U.S. piece of it, or I'm only going to do the European piece of it, or, or is there a, a tried and you know, true method to, to really go down and, and deal with everything? Sure. So, so first and foremost is what we do is we divide between the United States and the rest of the world. Um, and the reason why we divide between the United States and the rest of the world isn't just because we're U.S. advisors primarily, but because the U.S. taxation of royalties, rest of the world taxation of royalties are different. Um, so we'll divide up between the two. And for the U.S., you really need to find some sort of a treaty structure. Um, and generally speaking, you're going to either a fund that's majority owned by U.S. investors, like an Irish ICAV, or you're going up to the ultimate investors themselves if they have a good treaty with the United States, if you want to do this on a tax-efficient basis and not use a U.S. blocker. Um, for the rest of the world, it's a little bit more complicated because we can't necessarily claim treaty benefits in, in a normal way that we'd like to. And so... For the rest of the world, what we actually focus on is who's the investor base. Um, so we had an opportunity actually for a concurrent uh, setup of two investment funds, one that had all taxable investors from a foreign country and one that had all tax-exempt investors from a foreign country. And so for the all-taxable fund, we focused less on reducing or mitigating withholding tax and instead just focused on getting tax credits in the local jurisdiction. For the one that had all tax exempts, we focused on, well, how can we reduce the tax coming out of European jurisdictions? And so we had to do, you know, the very old slog of how many countries are there? What are the material ones based on where they think the sales of the underlying music are? How material is that tax to the portfolio? And then we went through country by country doing a survey to figure out which country's rules apply and where and what structure we could set up in order to reduce and mitigate tax. So when we're talking country by country, what are a couple countries that, are, that, that give you a hard time in the royalty space? Sure. So first and foremost on all withholding tax issues is Germany right now. And yeah. that's across the board with pharmaceutical royalties and music royalties. Um, 
Germany has a, a new set of laws that came into effect in the past few years or an interpretation of a law that came into effect in the past few years as to nexus and when Germany can charge a tax. Germany is also particularly focused on the substance of any sort of intermediary vehicle. Um, so one technique is to have a fund and then have some sort of principal company structure. So a, a company located in a country that has employees who are actively engaged in the licensing of intellectual property. And even though that is a, could be a legitimate business enterprise, real employees, real know-how, real work, that's not necessarily enough for the German tax authorities. They might want to see something wider like research and development, scripting, music publication, a, a broader business than just an active licensing business. And so, you know, Germany in particular is our most difficult country. On the other hand, too, if we pass Germany, then we feel comfortable with every other country. Okay. Well, that's that, that uh, other than pr presumably the U.S., right, which has its own set of issues. Correct. So the U.S. is, is different, right? So the U.S. is less focused on substance, but more about bona fide treaty claimants. And so long as you have either a valid treaty-based investment fund, so for all of our listeners, an ICAD is, is, is a typical type of treaty-based investment fund, or you have the investors themselves claiming treaty benefits and what you, Sambo, is referred to as a BYOT or bring-your-own-treaty structure, um, then the U.S. is, generally speaking, not going to be so difficult, um, and, and we can structure into it. Other countries, notwithstanding treaty benefits, can be difficult because they don't have the same comprehensive form system that we have where you can just give lots of withholding tax forms and go through tiers of, of investors. So we're, we're managing withholding tax. We're managing, managing substance in, in our, you know, our, our choice of jurisdiction trying to do things for Germany, trying to, to deal with, with the different issues on, on the U.S. What, what you know, is when, when you form these, these structures, what do you think is either the issues coming down the road that maybe are, are, are concerning clients or, or the issues that, that remain that make you a little bit nervous when you put these structures together? Sure. So, so the other big issue out there, and I mentioned withholding tax first because withholding tax exists no matter what happens in the structure. Other big item, of course, is ECI or effectively connected income. Um, or or permanent establishment outside the United States, yeah. Correct, permanent establishment. So, so for all of our listeners, this is where esoteric credit becomes just like regular credit, and loan origination and royalty businesses kind of have the same type of rules and framework that apply to them. Um, the difference is, is that no matter what, even if your royalties aren't received in a business, you still have to deal with holding tax, whereas for interest, you can generally get out of it. So in the royalty space, we do spend a lot of time thinking about trader business issues. The trader business issues are different, though, than that what you would see in the traditional loan space, because um, you have to ask yourself uh, whether just holding a passive royalty stream and someone else doing the business for you to actively promote that stream. Is that a business? Does that give you a permanent establishment? Um, and, and those could be different analyses. Or uh, sometimes we are looking into principal structures, which is a little bit different than lending structures. So loans are fund to borrower, but in the royalty space, you can actually go fund with a head license to an intermediary and then a sub license back out. We're sort of borrowing that from the corporate world, the way that Universal, Sony, and everyone else licenses music. And we're seeing if we can adapt that into the funds world um, and set up what we would call a, a principal or a master, uh, you know, head license, sub license arrangement to cut ECI and only have to deal with withholding tax. Um, and I would say that 
while we have a number of tools that give us flexibility in the ECI permanent establishment space, and we borrow a lot from the traditional credit space, it's still something that is a, a kind of an untrod territory, at least in the fund space, and an area that's developing. That's fantastic. Well, Brett, I could talk to you about these issues all day, but we're unfortunately up on time. Uh, any any closing any closing thoughts on on your end that that you'd like to to share with everybody? Yeah, so um, I think that's something that people sort of underestimate is the complication of withholding taxes with the European jurisdictions, which is spent a lot of time on. Um, and when we're seeing a lot of interest of securitizations, because royalties are great back levered financing transactions because they have a steady cash flow stream, and in an increasing interest rate environment, they'll be a very attractive asset class, I think. Um, and in particular, though, I think it's really important when you're doing a securitization, and this is stuff we've spent a lot of time working with uh, securitization sponsors on, is that the U.S. royalty assets, I think we can get through the structure pretty well uh, for a securitization, but the non-U.S. assets are more complicated. Some managers have a lot of U.S. assets, non-U.S. assets, some don't. And I think extra thought needs to go in there, and you'll potentially be bringing to the securitization market something that they're not used to not as much control over the assets, increased intermediaries. And so that's actually where we spent a lot of our time. And I'd encourage anyone listening to really kind of get ahead of those issues because they'll actually make your securitization sale more complicated uh, than you'd expect. That's fascinating. Well, thank you very much, Brett. Thank you for listening, everybody. We want to hear from you. If you have any questions about this topic or really anything else, credit, not credit related, uh, please reach out to me, Brett, or uh, any of your KPMG contacts. Thank you and have a good day. Thanks for listening to Talking Asset Management with KPMG. Be sure to subscribe to the series and visit read.kpmg.us forward slash talking dash asset dash management for more information.